Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82. A Psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone in the United States and for those around the world. Shalom, peace. My name is Kennard Levy Brown. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God, or Yah, that's short for God in Hebrew. This is a biblical instructional program. And this program is primarily for those who are very humble and are teachable. Uh, I like to quote this uh, passage of scripture all the, all the time or frequently when I uh, do this broadcast of uh, Matthew chapter 18. I'm reading this in the Amplified Version of the Bible, verse 1. It says, At that time the disciples came up and asked Yeshua, Who then is really the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Yeshua is uh, Jesus' Hebrew name. Verse 2, And he called a little child to himself, and put him in the midst or in the middle of them. In verse 3, and said, Truly I say to you, unless you repent, change, turn about, means teshuva in Hebrew, and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving. And that's key, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving. You can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. In verse 4, Whoever will humble himself, therefore, and become like this little child, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So, that is a lesson that each and every one of us needs to contemplate and and take very seriously. All right, I'm going to briefly go over this, because I haven't for the past couple of weeks now go over some world news here, and we will talk about the third seal of the book of Revelation here in the next two, I would say the next five minutes. I just want to check um, a website that I check uh, frequently on this program, watch.org. If you're by your PC, you can go to the website with me here. It's www.watch.org. Uh, this is World Watch Daily Koenig's International News. The headline here one of the headlines, it says, Obama meets with King Abdullah 
two of Jordan. And it says right here, U.S. President Barack Obama pledged $1 billion in loan guarantees for the Kingdom of Jordan late Friday evening during a dinner with Jordan's King Abdullah II at the Rancho Mirage Estate in California. Jordan has faced an estimated $900 million in expenses related to the influx of refugees to the country from the Syrian civil war to the north. The two heads of state were also expected to discuss the Jordanian economy, the P5 plus one talks with Iran, and the faltering Israeli-Palestinian negotiations that seem to have hit a roadblock regarding Secretary of State John Kerry's framework agreement. So anyway, here we go again with um, trying to do something that God prophesied would be an issue if they continue to try to make agreements with the people um, in the land. And it reminds me of Judges again. Judges chapter 2, verse 1. This is a prophecy. Now the angel of the Lord, Judges 2, verse 1. Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum, and he said, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you to the land which I swore to your fathers. Excuse me. And I said, I will never break my agreement or covenant with you. Verse 2, and you shall make no covenant or agreement with the inhabitants of this land. And what are they trying to do right now? Even back then they were trying to do it, and they're doing that today. So this is certainly a prophecy. But you shall break down their altars. They haven't done that. But you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? And verse 3, so now I say, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods or Elohims shall be a snare to you. And you tell me that isn't a prophecy, and you tell me that Palestinians aren't a snare to the Israelis today in the Middle East. Of course they are. So we need to continue to keep on looking <coughs> at what's going on in the Middle East now. Whenever the United States tries to lobby for uh, Israel to be divided or, or broken up uh, officially, because let's let's understand. I talked about this the other day when I gave a uh, a Bible study about the quartet. The quartet was formulated back in 2001 with the overall goal of trying to divide Jerusalem. The quartet consists of the United Nations, the United States, Russia, and the European Union. And so those are the four major power blocks of the world right now. And I do know this, as I was telling people the other day, that the uh, geopolitical beast certainly will be formed from those four power blocks. And it's interesting because Daniel chapter 7 talks about four beasts. And so, obviously, God is telling us that there's four major power blocks in the world. Now, are they specifically those power blocks? I don't know, but it's interesting that there is a quartet right now. And it's been formulated since the early part of uh, um, the 21st century. So, now, let's understand that Yah allows weather disturbances to to punish nations. And whenever we're trying to do something that he doesn't like, he allows tremendous weather to, um, to cause a lot of curses. Now, 
until recently uh it's been hurricanes but he's 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 been merciful to us with hurricanes lately but he's he, he's freezing the country right now particularly the northeastern part of the united states and i'm looking at a headline here it says blizzard to lash eastern new england saturday and it says uh in the first part of the weekend, light to moderate snow were pushed from the Ohio Valley, and yeah, I did experience it. I live in Ohio, to the mid-Atlantic states, but a blizzard is forecast to develop in eastern New England. The storm has the potential to bring a new round of ground and airline disruptions to parts of the south and east that were hit with the winter storm at midweek and also to some places that escaped the storm in the Mideast, or Midwest, rather. So far, the storm has been rather weak, but it will gain strength Saturday afternoon. It says Friday and, and Friday and Friday night, the storm brought just enough snow to retreat, shovel, and plow, or plow rather, from parts of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio to much of Kentucky and Tennessee. Another headline canceled. Airlines scrapped record number of domestic flights, roughly 4,000 or 14,000 this week, 75,000 since December 1st. This is the highest in 25 years. <clears throat> this is interesting, and this is all happening, of course, um, when they try to lobby or go for um, the land of Israel, Jerusalem being divided. And we just don't get it. We just don't get the fact that God is against us. Now, they're not going to really get it because they don't really study the Bibles. I know <clears throat> the president's administration don't take the Bible seriously. Their actions prove that. And as they continue to do this, they're going to continue to curse this country. Um, I wrote an article on my website. It's called God and Hurricanes. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, I, should, I recommend highly that you read it. You go to my website, MercifulServantsOfGod.com. Go to the left menu bar and click Bible Studies. And you will find a link for God and Hurricanes. But there's a scripture, Job 37, verse 11 and 13. Um, I'm going to read this in a contemporary English version. It says, Rain clouds filled with lightning appear at God's command, traveling across the sky to release their cargo, sometimes as punishment for sin, sometimes as kindness. And then Job 36, verse 29 to 32. says, Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds, the thundering of his pavilion? Behold, he spreads his lightning about him, and he covers the depths of the sea. For by these he judges peoples, he gives food in abundance, he covers his hands with the lightning, and commands it to strike the mark. That's Job chapter 36, verse 29 to 32, in the New American Standard Bible Version. Now, Amos 4, verse 6 to 11. But in all your towns I have kept food from your teeth. And this is interesting. This is going to lead in the third seal today. And in all your places there has been need of bread. And still, you have not come back to me, says the Lord. So right there, we see that he allows these things to get us to repent, to do to, 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 to Shuvah. And I have kept back the rain from you when it was still three months before the grain cutting. I sent rain on one town and kept it back from another. One part was rained on, and a part where there was no rain became a waste. So two or three towns went wandering to one town looking for water. It did not get enough. And still, you have not come back to me, says the Lord. I have sent destruction on your fields by burning and disease, the increase of your gardens and your vine gardens. Your fig trees and your olive trees have been food for worms, and you still have not come back to me, says the Lord. It tells you the incredible stubbornness of modern Israel today. 
Um, what I mean by modern Israel, I'm just talking about the Jews. I'm talking about the United States, Canada, Britain, the countries in Northwestern Europe. If you think that um, <laughs> what I said doesn't make any sense, what you need to do is go to www.britam.org, britam.org, britam.org, britam.org. Look at your Davidi's website. He proves that what I said is correct and true. Countries in Northwestern Europe, the United States, Britain, Canada, South Africa, New Zealand, they all have something to do with the, what is called or should be called modern Israel today, not just the Jews. All the Jews are not Israel. Uh, in Genesis chapter 49, uh, the tribe of Judah, that's what the Jews, the Jews consist of today. There are only one tribe of Israel. There's 12 tribes of Israel. So anyway, I have sent disease among you as it was in Egypt. I have put your young men to the sword and have taken away your horses. I have made the evil smell from your tents come up to your noses, and you still have not come back to me. That's one of the characteristics of Israel. We're stiff-necked, says the Lord. And I have sent destruction among you as when God sent destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's coming, folks. And you were like a burning stick. And it came back then. It's going to come again. You were like a burning stick pulled out of fire, out of the fire, and you still have not come back to me, says the eternal Lord, the Master. Amos 4, verse 6, 11, in the King James Version. And why does he allow these natural disasters? Many people wonder about that. Well, the answer is in the Bible. Isaiah 59, verse 1, plainly states, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your sins or iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So if you want the Master to pay attention to you, what you need to do, is do the things that please him, and obeying his commandments certainly pleases him, ladies and gentlemen. And then Isaiah 45, verse 7, and Amos 3, verse 6, plainly states, I am the master, there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. Yes, he does. Calamity in a city. Will not the Lord have done it? So, let me just read one more scripture, Isaiah, in light of this. Isaiah 29, verse 68. You will be punished by the Lord of hosts with thunder and earthquake and great noise, with storm and tempest, winter storms. It can be winter storms as well, hurricanes, and the flame of devouring fire. The multitude of all the nations who fight against Ariel, Jerusalem. And what is the United States doing? They're not fighting literally, but they're fighting spiritually, socially. Uh, they are trying to... to to divide the land of it, uh, of Jerusalem. Even all who fight against her and her fortress and distresses shall be as a dream of a night vision. It shall be as when a hungry man dreams, and look, he eats, but he wakes, and his soul is still empty. Or when a thirsty man dreams and looks, he drinks, but he awakes, and indeed as he's faint, and his soul still craves. So he's, he's indicating that when nations go against Jerusalem, that they will suffer socioeconomically. And I'm going to get into that. That's what the third seal is really all about. 
So the monster of all nations shall be who fight against Mount Zion, Jerusalem. All right, so that leads into what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I haven't covered um, lately domestic news. Let me go to the Economic Collapse website and see what's going on there here real quickly. And I suggest you review this blog. It's an excellent blog um, by the gentleman that uh, created the blog. It's the economiccollapseblog.com, the economiccollapseblog.com. And he has all kinds of helpful things here about gold coins, silver coins, emergency food, military surplus, preppers, and so forth. And this uh, headline that he has on the website, the economiccollapseblog.com, says 20 signs that the global economic crisis is starting to catch fire. And he states here, I'll just read a little bit and you can read the rest of this. He says, if you have been waiting for the global economic crisis to begin, just open up your eyes and look around. I know that most Americans tend to ignore what happens in the rest of the world because they consider it to be irrelevant to their daily lives. That's so true. <laughs> but the truth is that the massive economic problems that are currently sweeping across Europe, Asia, and South Africa are going to be affecting all of us here in the United States very soon. Sally, most of the big news organizations in this country seem to be more concerned about the fate of Justin Bieber's wax statue in Times Square than about the horrible financial nightmare that is gripping emerging markets all over the planet. After a brief period of relative calm, we are beginning to see signs of global financial instability that are unlike anything that we have witnessed since the financial crisis of 2008. As you will see below, the problems are not just isolated to a few countries. This is truly a global phenomenon. And I suggest that you read the rest of this article and study this uh, website, by the way. Another headline, it says, It doesn't take much for people to start behaving like crazed lunatics. True. No, Janet Yellen, the economy is not getting better. And so let me just read this here briefly. It says, On Tuesday, new Federal Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen went before Congress and confidently declared that the economy recovery gained greater traction in the second half of last year and that substantial progress has been made in restoring the economy to health. That is a total lie, folks. This resulted in glowing headlines throughout the mainstream media, such as this one from the USA Today, Yellen, economy is improving at moderate pace. Sadly, tens of millions of Americans are going to believe what the mainstream media is telling them, which is true, but it isn't the truth. As you will see below, there are all sorts of signs that the economy is taking a turn for the worse. And when the next great economic crisis does strike, most Americans will be completely and totally unprepared because they trusted our leaders when they told us that everything would be just fine. And so this, this is a, a warning that you should not, you should not blindly pay attention to what anyone tells you, in particular the, the, uh, the Council of Foreign Relations Control Media. Uh, so we need to uh, be wise and pay attention to what the Bible tells us. And I'm going to begin this Bible study with um, talking about the third seal with a little warning here. Luke chapter 21, in the Amplified Version of the Bible, Luke chapter 21, beginning in verse 34. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version of the Bible. Luke 21, verse 34, But take heed to yourselves and be on guard, that not your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with the giddiness and headache and nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. 
and that not or less that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a news. It's talking about the start of the Great Tribulation. Verse 35, For it will come upon all who live upon the face of the entire earth. Tribulation. Verse 36, Keep awake then and watch at all times. And it's not talking about just being spiritually awake, but also be aware of your surroundings. Uh, be aware of what's going on. You just can't just hide your head in the sand in, in, in a spiritual dimension and say, hey, well, you know, it doesn't affect me. No, you, you have to be like Noah. Noah, uh, hold your place here in Luke, Luke chapter 21, verse 36. Noah did the following. And remember that Yeshua in Luke chapter 17 stated that these days of the 21st century would be similar to the days of Noah. Hebrews 11, verse 7, prompted by faith, Noah, being forewarned by God, or Yah, concerning events of which as yet there was no visible sign, took heed and diligently and reverently constructed and prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. We need to be preparing our own arks, not, not an ark like he did, but you know what I mean. We should be doing all we can to protect our family. By this, his faith, which relied on God of trust, he passed judgment and sentence on the world's unbelief and became an heir and possessor of righteousness, that relation of being right into which God puts the person who has faith. So this is Hebrews 11, verse 7. Remember that Yeshua stated plainly, uh, for those who are new, or listening to me for the first time, you may not have heard this scripture before, but Luke chapter 17, verse 26, Yeshua stated plainly, and just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the time of the Son of Man. Uh, verse 27, people ate, they drank, they, they did their, they got on with their lives, and, you know, they assumed that nothing would happen. They married, they were given in marriage right up until the day when Noah went into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, so he compares this also to the days of Lot, because the days of Noah and Lot were similar. Verse 28, so also, of Luke 17, Luke 17, verse 28, so also it was the same as it was in the days of Lot. People ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they... But on the very day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30. That is the way it will be on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. The second coming, the time of the second coming will be similar. So let's understand that. So let's wake up. I hope you pay attention to what I'm telling you today. We're going to look at the third seal. And I've been going over a series. I've, I've um, The Lord has inspired me to go over the book of Revelation to whoever has eyes to see and ears to hear because truly, ladies and gentlemen, um, time is running out. Um, I sense that, and uh, things are going to really, really explode here. Uh, I don't predict dates, but I'm looking at events. I'm looking at what's going on. Everything, everything in the world is set up now for the end-time prophecies. To be fulfilled. That is certainly true. Um, but it's up to the Father to pull the trigger or push the button. All right, so let's turn to Revelation. Revelation. And I've been, uh, you need to go over uh, the previous programs, uh, but I'll just summarize the fact that there's only one person other than the father that's qualified to um, open the seals and that is Yeshua Yeshua is the word of God he gives the interpretation of these seals I know many people have written books and made money 
off of trying to interpret these these seals. But uh, if you just stick to what the Bible says, it tells you what these seals are. And then uh, in prophecy, too, he gives you certain signs to look through history to identify what he's talking about as well. But you still have to use the Bible as your guide to be able to understand prophecy. And what is prophecy? Prophecy is future history. So you need to be a student of history as well to understand prophecy. All right, anyway, um, I went over the, the second seal. The second seal of the Bible, or the Word of God, in particular Matthew chapter 24, identifies it as being war and rumors of war. <clears throat> the first seal is deception. Uh, some people say, well, the first seal could be the anti-Messiah. Well, if it is the anti-Messiah, then the anti-Messiah is using military power to deceive people. So the first seal basically is about deception, um, controlling people, whether that's by military force. Uh, well, it is. It, it could be by military force because the horses certainly represent um, military or war. Um, <clears throat> So the deception certainly has something to do with um, warring and, and forcing people to, to believe your ideologies, whether they're religious ideologies or any other type of ideologies. And so the world has certainly suffered that type of dictatorship for ages in all various parts of the world. But these four horses of the apocalypse, uh, they, all these four conditions that we're studying today are going to intensify in the end times. So, the, um, the third seal, Revelation 6, verse 5, when he broke open the third seal, I heard the third living creature call out, come and look, and I saw, and behold, a black horse, and in his hand the rider had a pair of scales, a balance. And I heard what seemed to be a voice from the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, a whole day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, but do not harm the oil and the wine. And so this is a very interesting passage of Scripture, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it, it has a lot to do with what I like to call socioeconomics, the ability to be able to survive. So this third seal, Yeshua also, or Jesus, defined for us. Hold your place here in Revelation 6, verse 6, and let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. And, you know, Yeshua, or Jesus, did us a favor here. He actually helped us define what these seals are in the book of Revelation. Uh, and we need to pay attention to what he says. All right, so. So Matthew 24, verse 7, For nations shall rise against nation. And so that's covering the second seal. And kingdom against kingdom. Now nation against nation, uh, the Greek for that means families, tribes. Let me look it up here in the King James here. Yes, uh, it, means, uh, it means a tribe. So it can mean uh, families or race. And uh, yes, we have racial conflict in this in, in this country and around the world. We have all kinds of conflict among human beings, 
And it also states kingdom against kingdom, and no doubt that's talking about a nation. So not only will there be wars, the, the second seal is not just talking about geopolitical wars. It's talking about wars among families, wars among each other, as I explained last week. And there shall be famines. All right, so that is the third seal there. Famines, famines. Um, and the Greek for that is lamos, and it means destitution, a scarcity of food, famine, hunger. And so obviously that's that's the word of God defining what that third seal is for us. So let's go back to Revelation. Revelation chapter 6, verse 5. The Bible interprets itself, folks. It really does. And so let's read it again. And when he had opened the third seal, and I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And verse 6, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and thou, see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So it's indicating great economic instability. And we certainly are experiencing this, as I just read you today, um, domestically and worldwide. And it's only going to get worse, folks, unless uh, we repent, which I don't see happening anytime soon. And I mean, we as a nation, our leadership, and the people repent. So, that's something that we need to understand. And I'm reading uh, a commentary from... And I do go to commentaries when they make sense. Um, the ESV Study Bible Commentary says, The rider on the black horse carries scales for measuring grains and their prices. A heavenly voice comments on the scale's significance, citing inflated grain prices, 8 to 10 times normal. So this is talking about inflation. Siege and disruption of commercial routes will produce scarcity, driving prices up. Just oil and wine are unaffected, however, showing that the scarcity is limited, not comprehensive. Some think the command not to harm the oil and wine may have a social significance, since the rich were the primary consumers of oil and wine. It also could mean prediction of events like that of AD 92, when the emperor Domitian, during a grain shortage, ordered the vineyards cut down to make room for more wheat fields. This caused such a backlash that he resented the order. In other words, extreme measures would have to be taken due to the progressive pouring out of judgment. So, anyway, what he, what this does indicate is that uh, there's going to be inflation. We already are suffering um, a mild occurrence of inflation, as I'm speaking, but it's, it's going to get worse. And... This third seal is, is an equitable economic distribution. General scarcity of goods. That's what this is referring to. And I'm going to go to another commentary here from David Stern, the Jewish New Testament commentary. It make, he makes a good point here. He says, uh, his commentary on Revelation 6, verse 6, The rich are cushioned by their wealth from the effects of economic inequality and scarcity, but the poor who must pay a day's wage is literally a denarius, for starvation rations are briskly 
ordered not to meddle with or damage the olive oil or the wine, now luxuries far beyond their means. So, um, right here uh, is another quote states that weighing the bread is a sign of a curse, according to Leviticus 26, verse 26. If we read what that states, it says, Leviticus 26, verse 26, And when I have broken the staff of your bread, ten women shall bake your bread in one oven, and they shall deliver your bread again by weight, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. And so they shall dole out your bread by weight you will eat, but you will not be satisfied. So this tells you that there's economic curses occurring, uh, because of this um, this problem here. And also, we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting in verse 43. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 43. states the following, The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee. And this, is, <clears throat> this is talking about the twelve tribes of Israel, <clears throat> not just the Jews. Above the very high, and thou shalt come down very low. The United States is part of the 12 tribes of Israel, and that certainly is the case today. Uh, many Asians make a whole lot more money than, than most people in this country. Um, China <coughs> has uh, purchased, uh, have, are holding a lot of our bonds right now, trillions of dollars worth of bonds. They they. They own property here in this country. They make investments in this country. There's a lot of other countries that make investments in this country, and they have a stake in it. And <clears throat> verse 44 is a prophecy that has come true for this country. He shall lend to thee, and thou, thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. We are the world's largest debtor nation. We, we owe the most of any nation in this country. And then verse 45 says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till you be destroyed, because you hearkeneth not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. And so, you know, th th this is very important um, for you to understand this. And in verse 50, it says, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, A nation of fierce continence which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young, he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle, your resources, and the fruit of thy land, until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee corn, wine, or oil. We just got through talking about the, the, the wine and the oil and the corn. Or the increase of thy kind or flocks of thy sheep until he has destroyed thee. And so, again, uh, we need to, to understand the seriousness of this and that the Lord means business. And he will not tolerate us sinning. Isaiah chapter 3, not for too much longer. This is another prophecy in reference to socioeconomics. Isaiah 3 verse 1, For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah. And so he's talking about the Jews, but also Jerusalem. And, 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 and Jerusalem was the capital city of, of, the, of the, uh, the twelve tribes. And the stay of the stay and the staff, in other words, the ability to, to feed yourself, the, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. Uh, verse 2, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the agent, the captain of 50, the honorable man and the counselor and the cunning artificer and the eloquent, the eloquent, 
eloquent. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me drink some water here. My voice is getting a little scratchy here. The eloquent orator. So the eloquent orator, and I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. And that's what's going on right now. It says, and the people shall be oppressed, everyone by another, and everyone by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient boy. Is that happening, isn't it? And the base against the honorable. When a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler, and let this ruin be under thy hand. And that day he shall swear, saying, I will not be a healer, for in my house neither is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. And so here we go. Uh, that's a prophecy indicating that there will be great economic chaos. Now, a little economic one-on-one is, is, is simply as simple as I can explain it. What the United States has done for years, in particular since 2008, has increase the money supply. What is the money supply? The money supply is how much monies are available to distribute. Now, the United States Treasury, what they do, regardless of whether or not they have the, uh, the resources to back up the currency, they print out paper bills. And the reason why they can do that because the United States currency is the world's number one currency. When you increase the money supply, eventually prices will increase. That causes inflation. That's where we're headed, ladies and gentlemen, and that's what this seal really pictures. Um, the United States is the world's leading economy, uh, and when the U.S. dollar falls, everything else will fall. And so we need to be paying attention to that, and that's the simplest way I can explain it. And the Economic Collapse blog is a good website to, to go over to prepare for the great worldwide famine that will happen around the world. There's certain parts of the world that's already experiencing famine, ladies and gentlemen, but it's only going to get worse. And this situation that we have, where there's a great divide between the rich and the poor, I don't know if many of you realize this, but of uh, worldwide division of the rich and the poor really didn't begin until recently in history and I'm I have a book here it's called that I'm looking at the end of poverty and it's an excellent book and I suggest anyone get this book and study study it in detail because especially the introductory chapters because it, it proves that this inequality situation is a modern occurrence I'm reading this on page 28 of The End of Poverty, and this is by uh, Jeffrey Sachs, who's certainly an expert on this. He says, The gulf between today's rich and poor countries is therefore a new phenomenon, a yawning gap that opened during the period of modern economic growth. As of 1820, the biggest gap between the rich and the poor, specifically between the world's leading economy of the day, the United Kingdom, that's Britain, in the world's poorest region, Africa, was a ratio of 4 to 1 in per capita income. Per capita income is simply the income that each individual makes, even after adjusting for differences in purchasing power. By 1998, the gap between the richest economy, the United States, and the poorest region, Africa, had widened to 20 to 1. 
Let me repeat that. By 1998, the gap between the richest economy, the United States, and the poorest region, Africa, had widened to 20 to 1, since all parts of the world had roughly comparable or similar point in 1820, all very poor by current standards. So around 1820, all the world by that time, or during that time, were socioeconomically on the same level, socioeconomically on the same level. As today's vast inequalities reflect the fact that some parts of the world achieved modern economic growth while others did not. Today's vast income inequalities illuminate two centuries of highly uneven patterns of economic growth. This inequality is evident in the bar chart in figure three. You can't see it, but I'll just describe what it looks like. It says the height of the first bar indicates a level per capita income in 1820 and the second in 1998 using Madison's estimates. The number in parentheses at the top of the second bar is the average annual growth rate of the region between 1820 and 1998. Three main points stand out. All regions were poor in 1820. So all regions of the world um, prior to 1820 or around 1820 were poor. All regions experienced economic progress. Today's rich regions experienced by far the greatest economic progress. So, something that we need to uh, to understand here. And then, let's understand something about the population of the world, because a lot of people don't understand this, and this certainly has something to do with the economy, the worldwide economy. Uh, page 27 of this book, it says, If we are to understand why a vast gap between the rich and the poor exists, today we must return to the very recent period of human history when this divide emerged. Uh, the past two centuries since around 1800 constitute a unique era in economic history, a period that great economic historian Simon Kuznets famously termed the period of modern economic growth. Before then, indeed, for thousands of years, there had been virtually no sustained economic growth in the world, and only gradual increases in the human population. The world population had risen gradually from around 230 million people at the start of the first millennium in A.D. 1 to perhaps 270 million by A.D. 1000 and 900 million people by A.D. 1800. So we only got to 900 million people in the year A.D. 1800, which is pretty interesting, folks. Real living standards were even slower to change. According to Madison, there was no discernible rise in living standards on a global scale during the first millennium and perhaps a 50% increase in per capita income in the eight. 1800 period from AD 1000 to AD 1800. In the period of modern economic growth, however, both population and per capita income came unstuck, soaring at rates never before seen or ever imagined. It says, as shown in Figure 1, which you can't see, but I'll describe it, the global population rose more than sixfold in just two centuries, reaching, reaching an astounding 6.1 billion people at the start of the third millennium, the year the 21st century with plenty of momentum for rapid population growth still ahead. Okay, so that's interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Tells you the timing again of the full brunt of the third seal. It's certainly talking about the 21st century, when the population has increased so much that there's a, a rich gap or a wide gap between the rich and the poor. Okay, so the third seal is famine and economic chaos that causes affects us globally so may god bless and keep you 
And y'all willing, I'll be available to you next week, and we'll talk about the fourth seal and what that represents. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.